Hello and welcome to Top 5's The Show of Everything. Top 5's presented by The Sex Effects. I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And tonight on our show, we just have a Ragnarok and rolling time for you, ladies and gentlemen, our dear, dear imaginary <laughs> audience. But before we get to that, Shawnee, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I can't believe November is almost over. It's incredible how fast this month's gone by. But excited to see my family and you, of course, next Very week. Very excited. Very excited to go back home for a little bit, escape Los Angeles and escape the craziness here. <laughs> um, but yeah, excited for uh, the holiday season and like just all this other stuff coming coming my way. So yeah, right on, um, man. Joe, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, man. Um, you know, we had the a nice long weekend, so I pulled a couple all nighters and and finally finished this draft of a screenplay that I've been working on since I, you know, went and visited you in the summertime. So I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Um, and just been, uh, you know. But just been acclimating to the cold and, uh, you know, always got to have tissues on standby and a coat, but I'm digging it. I'm digging the brisk, cool air and feeling good, man. Awesome. It has been pretty brisk here in Los Angeles, too. Sunny Los Los Angeles. But um, that's what makes me uh, most excited about the holiday season. Just kind of gets chilly, you know, it's a holiday. It's fresh. Feels fresh. And... (laughs) And also, yeah, like the, you know, holiday seasons for family and friends and um, excited to, you know, just go back home for a little bit and hang out with friends. So, yeah. Say hello. Um, I hope that, you know, we were talking because you'll be here uh, Wednesday night, it sounds like, hoping to uh, hit up East Village, open mic, Uh, the return, (laughs) maybe. We'll see. We'll let you guys know how that goes. Um, but that'll be fun if that comes to fruition. Um, our old haunt and open mic five years ago that we used to dominate, honestly. Um, yeah, it was our stomping grounds. Even, for was, our, yeah, for very much mic. so. <laughs> and uh, we owned the night. We did. And uh, I'm excited <laughs> to steal it back. Um, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Um, yeah, any, any, ooh, we got some bad news in the news. This week, uh, share, uh, share, Joey. Um, one of my all-time favorites, man, Louis C.K. We're adding his name to the ever-growing list that doesn't seem to doesn't seem to end. Um, yeah, Louis C.K. admitted. You know, I have to say, out of out of all the people accused so far, he's the only one to come out and be like, "It's true." You know, he didn't yeah. exactly apologize, but um, he did more. And I think was, even if it was false, it was more respectful than anything Kevin Spacey or, or Harvey Weinstein put out. So, yeah. uh, and, you know, not downplaying what he did to these women or anything like that, but I don't think his crimes are nearly as, uh, mm, they're not, I don't think, on the same level as, like, what Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein were doing, you know. Yeah. But, but it's still um, a bummer. Still a bummer, yeah. Especially for, you know, getting more into Louis C.K. Um, in the last couple of years, especially with his presence on, like, Netflix. They've been doing a lot of his shows and his show on Fox as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shame, you know, to hear that and to, like... And it's, it's crazy because, like, all, you know, all these, you know, kind of celebrities and, and people in the... Especially in the, you know, the com- in a comedy uh, 
environment or in the comedy world, someone who who spends his career telling about so the somewhat truths in his life and the experiences he goes through, it's a it's a shame to hear that you know come yeah. forth and um, and the way he kind of handled it. No matter if it was a little bit more respectful and on a different level than some of the other um, people that have been accused, but or celebrities, um, it's still it's just the the way it, you know it's there's no way really out of it. You know, it's like yeah. now it's a you know it's now it's up in front of the world. So it's up to us how we want to judge him moving forward. Um, yeah, but uh, and on the, on the same note, as far as um, other people in also television too, um, right. Greg. Greg Berlanti, who produces most of the uh, CW, you know, Arrow superhero mm-hmm. shows, Arrow, Flash, um, Supergirl, yeah, um, yeah. The, he was accused too, also of. of oh um, no, no, no! no. I don't think it was Berlanti. It was uh, Andrew Kreisberg. Oh, Andrew Kreisberg. Oh, never mind. I'm so sorry. It, no, no, no! I just don't want you throw on the the wrong name. Or yeah, yeah. I I don't want to say uh, the wrong name either. I thought but, it was uh, Greg Berlanti, but all right. Kreisberg was, uh, I can fact check that real quick, but Kreisberg, I remember his name stuck out because I listened to him on Fat Man on Batman and he talked to Kevin Smith at length and he seemed like a really decent dude. And it was like, I remember reading his name. I was like, oh my God, what? Um, you know, and the fact that their shows are so they're pretty they're pretty family oriented i mean that doesn't oh yeah you know yeah. dictate what how a person is in their personal life but it's still kind of yeah. crazy yeah um, fact check me on that one i don't want to give the wrong information out yeah um nothing when i when i google greg berlanti let's see what happens when i google andrew yeah it might be Kreisberg. Andrew Kreisberg. sorry about that listen no 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 um yep yep flash showrunner suspended yep andrew yeah Kreisberg. so yeah he was the showrunner um, so yeah, hearing that man, like, yeah, yeah, just, uh, and, and it's like, you know, shows that I watch too. And, and, you know, obviously, and I know this can be kind of compared to the movie that Kevin Spacey was going to be in, um, which they've really Scott joint. Yeah. The really Scott's new film. And, um, you know, it's interesting that you got to see the, I know it, it, that person represents that property and and the and the shows and whatnot and but also it's like the other people who are involved you know all the cast members all the crew um they represent that show in a way and i know like you know kreisberg was a, a part of that as far as putting those shows together um and it's just again a shame to hear all that come come across you know what it kind of reminds me of it makes me think of is um when we would you know we went to catholic school growing up and we'd have to wear our uniforms and, you know, they'd be like, if you get into a fight off campus, if you're wearing our uniform, you're representing us. And I, I've that has kind of rattled around in my brain as, uh, as you said, you know, Ridley Scott's recasting Kevin Spacey. Netflix shut down production on, on House of Cards, I believe. Um, so these people, even though what they're doing is sometimes in their personal life, sometimes not, uh, like, oh. George Takai, there's another one. George freaking Takai, man, come on. As someone pointed out, the conscious conscience of the internet is, yeah. uh, is now From accused. From his page, yeah. <sighs> Everywhere you turn, there's no... It's a bummer, man. 
Yeah, and it, again, it's but. you know, it's it's, a, it's part of film, you know, and, and that community, and and also hurting you know the people who watch those films and watch those TV shows, yeah, and associate with the actor and how they've melt, f- made him feel in those movies. Um, so, you know, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks to hear that and to have all those things, all those realities come to play now when you view the person. Um, yeah, it's 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 so troubling but you know also I'm, I'm glad that people are coming forward and it's taken so long you know to have this especially now with I guess celebrities as they kind of reflect and represent our society in some way or form you yeah. know um, we know these people as highly reputable people so um, yeah it's yeah it's very interesting and you know, yeah. again you know that's this this should be the time I mean it should have been the time way long time you know a long time ago yeah to, to, to come forward but you know that that's a hard thing for people to sometimes especially women um, hold and, and keep and and may be afraid of, of um, saying something so yeah <sighs> well you know what <laughs> we can just try to be better right we can all just try to be better um, from the inside out folks um, but uh that's, I mean, honestly, that's kind of dwarfing any all, and all news I can think of is, uh, can't think of any, any pertinent Ben Affleck keeps being like, uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll come back to Batman and we'll see what the future holds. <laughs> and he couldn't sound any more agitated in front yeah. of these reporters. Um, I mean, I, I can side with, or probably feel for him as far as being asked that question every interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair though, this time around he is you know, doing press for justice league. So it is a fair, it's more of a fair question than when he was, when he was on the campaign for uh, live by night. But, yeah. um, Which, I think uh, chances of Affleck coming back for Matt Reeves, the Batman are zero. What do you think? Um, I'm not really sure. We'll have to see. I, there's like this small part of me that's like, is, uh, are they playing a joke on us? Are they saving just Affleck's just going to be signed on for multiple Batman movies after, um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how Justice League is and where they will probably take that story and that, um, you know, that character of as far as Batman. Um, probably safe bet. Just recast it and just have yeah. someone else come in. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, high end actors that would be able to play Batman part. And for us now being exposed to so many different renditions of Batman. Um, um, I don't think it would be any problem to fi- you know find a new Batman and be able to experience a, a good film you know as far as and the ensemble and chemistry of the cast as well. So, um, but I don't know, dude. Like as far yeah. as Batman, I, I don't know. I, I let's see what Justice League brings. See if people are still excited for Ben Affleck as Batman. I could totally see Ben Affleck wanting to branch out, obviously as a director yeah. and. Um, and also someone who writes as well uh, to do more projects and maybe that contractual uh, piece of being Batman. I don't know if you knew that going into Batman. Oh, he knew it. He knew knew it. Yeah, he knew it. And so I don't know if that's putting limitations on his work or if, you know, he's still allowed because I'm sure they have those, you know, those movies take, you know, a bit of time just to put together and to get everyone. More than anything, he's embarrassed. Like you saw him on the trail when BBS came out. And I mean, the, the sad Affleck meme says, says it all, you know, like yeah. this is a dude who 
clawed his way back up to the top after being in basically movie jail for half a decade to become this esteemed director, which is so much, you know, more um, kind of uh, prestigious than than being an actor ever could be, you know. Um, And then to take a plunge back into a genre you said you would never, ever go down again because it embarrassed you so bad and then get burned the way that he did with BBS. Not saying like fault free, like, come on, you're reading yeah. about Batman straight up murdering people. Maybe don't sign on. But, um, <laughs> it's, I, I feel for him and I'm also kind of like, well, you know, you, yeah. you signed in, in blood, man, you did that yourself. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I would have loved to have seen an Affleck solo Batman movie. Yeah. But I really don't think we're going to get it. But yeah. When are you seeing Justice League? I might see it on Friday. Okay. I've, yeah, I just bought work. my ticket for Thursday. Thursday. Okay. So Thursday maybe our next, next top five or next talk will be about Justice League. Yeah. I'm going to go deep into it. it. Yes. Um, yes. A, but a, I'm a BBS ex- redo. I'm I'm excited. I'm at least excited to just see the characters up on screen, and um, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. And I think certain things aside f- uh, for Bat for Ben Affleck's Batman, I think he plays a, a really good Bruce Wayne. And yeah, um, I mean, any just scene with Batman, I just want to see that on on. He film. looks like Batman. It looks like Batman, and I actually watched uh, BBS actually the other <laughs> night, um, just to kind of kind of refresh my mind on that. And uh, yeah, I thought again the killing and all that, you know, with the Batman like that, those different character changes, um, which I was hoping like if they do a solo Batman film to to somehow give us that Batman before and after he started killing people because it's a little bit later in his life. And we don't know if he's been doing this the whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, which we assume he, he hasn't. Um, but it'd be, I don't know. I'm just excited just to see, you know, what the film is going to bring. Uh, obviously I think the review embargo is up tomorrow. So is that um, tomorrow or Thursday? I think it's Thursday at midnight or 12 one. I, I heard it was Wednesday. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Fact checking. Fact checking. Fact checking. Um, um, actually, that brings, that brings <laughs> me to another thing. Um, I was watching the John Campia podcast show. John Campia has his own podcast. Oh, nice. Uh, plug right there. Um, so he was um, explaining about Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, he was a little disappointed with Rotten Tomato um, because, and he's been an avid kind of, um, you know, he, he's been supporting Rotten Tomatoes and just like the service that they bring. Um, so I guess they're using this, they have a t- tele, uh, like a channel on YouTube or a show. And I guess they've been holding off the percentages or like at least most of the, the critical response and reviews and saving it for people to tune in on their show. And on John Campion's podcast, he ex- he expressed that he was pretty disappointed and kind of let down by Rotten Tomatoes because they are withholding that information. Which show is it? Sorry, uh, I don't know which show it is. It's because Rotten Tomatoes they have their own channel, and I believe they're starting to do these kind of weekly shows. Or okay, you know, that is some BS. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, it was interesting because that connects to 
uh, Batman versus Superman, they're going to hold that, I think, until... I mean, I know we're going to get the reviews it is, after the fact when the movie's out, but... They're holding um, back the fresh or rotten decision for Justice League until November 16th at 12.01 a.m. So that's um, not bad. That's like, a, you know... Tomorrow night after midnight, you'll be yeah. able to, to find out. Um, People predictions? under... under um, I think it's going to be better than Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. I'm going to really like The Flash. I'm, a, I'm already really excited to see Ezra Miller play The Flash and see his kind of take on it. And um, I think the knowing how long the movie is, like, fuck, you're giving That's me a Justice easier. League movie. If you're giving me a Justice League movie, I know Batman vs. Superman is two and a half hours slash three hours, counting the yeah. extended cut or whatever. But man, I wanted to see a two and a half hour. It should have it been deserved reversed. more time. Yeah, yeah. It, it should have been the reverse, like Batman Superman down to like under two hours, and then you know Justice League two and a half hours. Like, give us that. Yeah, and that and I, I hate to tie it back to Marvel, but like Infinity War, I'm very curious to see what their runtime is going to be. But you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a th- freaking three hour Infinity War movie. Oh no, yeah, you know, lay it on me. Lay it all on me, especially uh, for for taking the time to to introduce these characters and give them those moments on screen to really develop those characters. Um, but I also think the runtime might work to its advantage, where it's not you know they're gonna you know have this you know have the story and they ha- you know obviously gonna have to introduce these characters. But with that time frame, um, it might work out as far as the pacing of the film. So I'm not really sure. I'm really curious to see what it's going to be like excited still because I'm just excited to see different, these characters, you know, Aquaman and, and flash and the, most of the supporting characters actually just see what their uh, take on the character is. And I think that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. I wish I was excited for, for any aspect of this movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm not um, my guess though. It's going to get low 30, low to mid thirties percent oh, for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm calling that low to low to mid. I say 32 to 36. Percent. I think it might. I think it might go higher. I might. I think yeah. it might be. I think it might be split, like 50s. We're gonna Still, we're gonna have to uh, return and fact check. Fact next check, week. and also put in I guess our own reviews of the movie too. Oh yeah, and I guess that'll our be, percentage. That'll be a good show. That'll be a very good show. <laughs> Um, so Shawnee, we were talking shortly before the show and this does kind of tie in. You're saying you don't necessarily have a list, um, but you want to do something a little, a little different along the lines of what we're talking about. I, I do have a list. Oh, um, you do have a list. My bad. I do have a list. I, I but as far as, my um, it, it is related to a movie that I just saw recently, which we were talking. I th- feel like we've both seen this movie. It's Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, before we start the list, Joe, what was your first, what was like, what, what did you like about it? What did you get out of it? I loved the colors. Um, this movie has such a funky, cool color palette. Um, that reminds me a lot of the alternate Batman Forever action figures from back in the day. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. It's, it takes me back. Um, I like Taikai Waititi. I believe I. So sorry if I'm butchering his name. He's an excellent director, um, and I thought he he brought a lot of good humor to Thor. H- humor was always my favorite part of the first two Thor movies, especially the first one. 
Um, having said that, um, you know, like our, our good friend, uh, Danny Rodriguez, who we've had on the show before, texted me and t- told me it was in his top three Marvel movies. And I was like, whoa. So my, my expectations were pretty high. Um, damn you, Danny. And um, <laughs> so I went into, it, went into it with a lot of expectation and ultimately, f- dude, I don't know what's wrong with me. Since Doctor Strange, I just haven't really. There was that brief like Spider-Man 2, but everything else has just kind of been like, all right, that happened. Yeah. Um, and there's so many good parts to this movie. I thought the first part dragged, um, a bit. I thought they were just kind of throwing anything at the, at the kitchen or the, (laughs) they were throwing stuff at the kitchen sink and seeing what would go down the drain. And, uh, that's not (laughs) the saying. And, you know, it got a little tiresome, but, uh, by the time he got to Asgard and then especially by the time he got to Sakaar, I thought the movie was was a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Um it could have easily been 20 minutes shorter, probably, 15 minutes shorter. Um and I was really disappointed with um Hella and Anthony Hopkins's exit. Like what? Yeah. He just <laughs> goes, "Yeah, I fucked everything up. Now it's your problem. Peace." And he just <laughs> becomes dust. And then Hella, you know, what we saw in the trailers is is pretty much all we kind of get. Like I was really hoping for something a little juicier, but she was really just there to look cool, kick yeah. ass, and dump a whole bunch of exposition on us. And that's that was my ultimate. Between the humor um, and action scenes, all there was was exposition dumps. And I I was I was wanting more like real genuine character moments that I don't really I didn't really get. I don't know. Yeah. Christine reminded me though that I had only slept two hours when we went to go see this movie. She's like, "You're, you might not have, you know." I was struggling to like stay awake and everything because she wasn't looking forward to it at all, and she she loved it. She was like, "That was awesome." <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, Prati. I was like, "All right." Um, but yeah, so that's my those are my initial thoughts of <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. We just how about, how about you? <laughs> Um, I really liked it. I, I saw it twice. So the second time around, I thought it was a lot more, it was funnier the second time around. And it's interesting. Cause yeah, I agree with the hella character. It was interesting how they actually did dump up a lot of expedition, but I liked the expedition definitely added a lot. I feel yeah. to, to like the, the background of Asgard we've seen like Asgard in the, in the last two Thor films, but now the legacy of Odin and what, um, you know, he brought to Asgard and then his, I guess, dark past, um, with Hela and that, and that, that whole scene where she knocks down the mural or whatever. And it's this, uh, pretty much war instead of peace. You know, they, you would think of Asgard as a peaceful place and, you know, they had to go into war and they had to slaughter a lot of people obviously to, to get to where they were at. And that's, and that's when Odin broke away from Hela's influence and, and banished her or whatnot. But overall, yeah. I, I really liked it, man. I mean, it. I think I've seen uh, what we do. Have you seen what what we do in the shadows? I love that movie. Yeah, it definitely had Taika, and I think that's the the humor. Like, you kind of have to like slowly dive into it. Like the beginning yeah. scene, especially when he's um, you know dangling on you know right in front of um, uh, what's his name? Lava uh, monster. Yeah, the lava monster. Uh-huh. Uh, 
yeah, he that that definitely it was like an introduction to that kind of humor that Taika Waititi was going to bring to the film, but also you know Chris Hemsworth as Thor is is still amazing, and the I man think is the a statue. He is is a great, and he ha- he definitely uh, you know exercises his his humorous chops on the you know as far as his you know um, ability to provide us with great uh, character drama and action, but also give us a good you know like this light sided part of him, um, which is always the thing about Marvel films is they somehow still make you you know make you chuckle in some way even though all these serious themes are going on. Totally. Um, I did. I did really like though the, I mean Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, and I know he was only the Hulk on, or um, he was only uh, Banner, for you know, how many minutes in the film, but yeah. uh, oh shit, sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> I dropped my phone, guys. Joe and I were, were uh, hanging out on Google on my phone right now, so all the kids are doing it. Cool kids, kids that is. But uh, yeah, I really liked the. I think the. And I know a lot, like going into it in the beginning, we're expecting like a comedy. It's supposed to be really funny and have the Taika Waititi stamp on it as far as like that kind of awkward, you know, like yeah. paused moments. A lot of these like weird jokes that kind of like you have to kind of like let it sit for a little bit and then it like it gets really funny. Um, but as far as the deeper themes for like Hulk's character and Thor and Asgard, you know, there's a lot of these like, you know, the what's the, the saying they do? Uh, um, Asgard is not a place it's a people and they they repeat that multiple times and they they have these really strong themes in there as far as you know preserving society and preserving your your people pretty much Uh, Banner struggling uh, with uh, being the Hulk and like there's like just that one scene where he's like you know if I change back I don't know if I'll be Banner again like that's such a strong uh, character like plot or just you know That's something true. that really tugs at that character no matter how funny that moment is i feel like they were able to deliver there's like deeper meanings inside those jokes and the, and um i highly enjoyed it the second time around so, I, I i'm excited to see it again yeah um was it was it just me or was mark ruffalo still doing his character from spotlight he was still like talking on the side of his mouth yeah and uh, especially when, when he puts on tony stark's glasses as yeah well. <laughs> um but Which is funny. Like, I, oh, it was, go for it. Okay. All right. All right. It's, we're like at a stop sign. You're like, you go. No, I'll go. All right. No, you go. Um, um, did, did the Hulk look terribly off, off model to you? I, no, I wouldn't I know say the haircut. Off, I wouldn't say off model. I mean, I think they've in, I, mean, I think they've added more details to the Hulk. So like, this is the Hulk we're going to be seeing hopefully the next couple of films as far as like, I think they, and it's crazy cause we've seen like other, rend- other people playing the Hulk and other renditions and CG renditions of it. So I feel like those are kind of burnt into our minds, but I think That's the Hulk true. is definitely, I think they've also modeled it more after, um, uh, Mark Ruffalo and his character. Cause yeah. like his, and he's doing all the, mo- the motion capture and everything. So, I think that's why he looked a lot different. There was a little thing I was noticing because I'm an audio guy. So like the way he they pitched his voice, it almost felt like some parts they were like auto tuning his voice. And oh, really? I was like, yeah, it was really weird. Um, but I, I like how they use that. They probably you know they obviously used uh, Mark Ruffalo's uh, voice and they you know they changed it to make it sound deeper or whatnot. 
Um, but I think, yeah, I, I didn't notice. I was like, oh, this is different. But it's also cool because we also got a different uh, moment. You know, we had a couple different moments with Hulk as far as this, you know, f- compared to the Avengers Hulk um, in the last couple films. And it's great because they have that moment where Mark Ruffalo's like, how long has it been since Sokovia? Like, <laughs> it's been two years. But um, I, I like how they've, you know, he's obviously the Hulk himself as the, as the character and evolving to that character of Hulk. You know, he's, he almost acts like a little baby in the film, but that's like yeah. his, his way of uh, communicating with, uh, especially with Thor. Um, it's interesting how they had, um, you know, they, they, they almost made him more, he's becoming that Hulk character is more of aware of that person. And that's the, where the strongest part, the strongest thread in that whole thing with, um, you know, Banner and, and Mark Ruffalo portraying, he's like, I don't know what's going to happen because this guy's slowly taken over. And I love that. He's like, oh, I feel like, you know, it's too, I used to have, we used to have two hands on the wheel or, you know, we both had hands on the wheel and now I feel like he's driving and I'm in the back seat. It's like, it's perfect. Yeah. Like as far as um, giving us more of like that struggle, that's always going to be the struggle for him as far as will he come back? And then there's that part of the end where he, he changes back and he does that little joke where he pretty much falls flat on his face. And <laughs> I think great. he's dead right there. So it's like, do we really know? Is he, is he completely gone as banner or is it the Hulk taken over or is it both of them combined? Like, you know, is his consciousness still there? Yeah. So I, th- I thought about this, like that guy pretty much died right there when he dropped, <laughs> unless the Hulk found a way to save him. Do, does he appear later in the Ooh, movie? I don't know. I don't think he does. Is he on dude. the ship? I don't think he does, dude. He's on the ship as Hulk. Oh, okay. So that so that's yeah, another yeah, thing. you're right. That's that's another uh, thing now to think about is so the Hulk we see there is that completely Hulk? Like, is it? Is there no more? Le- is is the the consciousness of Banner still in that Hulk? And will he change back? You know, it's like that. Will that ever happen? I'm sure they'll they're gonna toss that idea. You know that struggle yeah. between them. I'm sure the next couple of films, but I felt it's funny. The movie's about Thor, but I felt like even the Hulk appearing in the film, it added so much more to the you know his character and his inner struggle with the Hulk character. And they've always done that with the with the Hulk character, and even in the other renditions with you know um, uh, what's his name, Eric, Eric Banner, or yeah, Eric Banner, yeah, Banner. Sorry, Banner. Uh, Eric Bana and then Edward Norton, like they always had that struggle where he's fighting between the monster inside. Um, so I really like that. But Joe, um, so we're still talking about Thor Ragnarok. So yeah, here's my are. top five. So what are your top five um, kind of favorite moments in the film? It could be a scene or just a little thing that happens. All right. All right. Um, let's see. What did I like about this movie? Um, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong about my silence. I did like this movie, but like I mentioned earlier, I was running on two hours of sleep. Um, and like, I remember a lot of images, but trying to remember like scenes and stuff. The one that sticks out is um, after the fight in the, the arena, when Thor and Hulk see each other, Hulk's in the hot tub. And oh, they yeah, have that right. conversation. Yeah. And because uh, in the arena, you don't know if if Hulk recognizes Thor. Yeah, and once they're in that room together, it's kind of like okay, they, he acknowledges that they know each other and everything. Um, <laughs> I love how he, I love how Thor tries to calm him down using the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> He's hey, like, big guy, hey, big Sun's guy. Going down. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. 
Um, what else? Man, everything with Tessa Thompson. I love oh, yeah. her. I think she's awesome. Valkyrie. Um, every time Hella went to slick her hair back. Um, oh yeah, and I like the- that it didn't even like look that good. Like I, I like she. You, it's very clear her hand never comes in contact with the CGI horn. It's like you guys CGI everything. You could have made that just a little bit more seamless. Yeah, um, but I like that it wasn't. I like that it looks a little older. And um, Taika, Taika Waititi, his character Korg. Korg. Yeah. Um, Something. He was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. That was that was that was bloody perfect. Um, hey man, everything with Korg. So everything with Tessa Thompson. Um, Post Arena. What else did I say? Um, everything with Jeff Goldblum. Yes, I love how and, he's uh, uh, where he's like. I, you know, I could be a million years old. I could be, and he like pauses, and he just like totally forgets what he was about to say, and just ponders into another world. I feel like that's me most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, that first scene with Loki. Oh um, yeah, as Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Um, yes. And and uh, a spoiler, a lister. But. Uh, Shawnee, what were your top five? Uh, kind of similar, Kim, kind of similar to yours. I picked specific scenes. Um, so uh, I guess number five, the Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth, and Sam Neill cameo. Is where, that who all that was? Oh, I only yeah, Matt dude. Damon. Matt oh Damon, God. dude. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, that that scene was great because it's like you already know that Loki is is. Uh, um, uh, posing Odin. as yeah as as Odin, and um, you know when Thor comes back, he's like, well, you know, like Asgard shouldn't be like this. Like, you know, you're just sitting here eating your grapes, and then this is play <laughs> going on, and you know, it's 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 obviously um, praising Loki's sacrifice to Asgard, and and what do you know, the guy who's playing Loki is Matt Damon, <laughs> and then Luke's Hemsworth is Thor, which is you know Hemsworth's brother, and then Sam Sam Neil. Dude, <laughs> like that's crazy! Oh my god, I can't wait I w- to watch this movie again. I wish there was a Goldblum Sam Neill reunion right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was my number five. Um, nice. Number four, I I actually enjoyed Doctor Strange, and for that was cool. That was a very cool. Scene. That was cool, and I, I kn- there was that post credit scene. I think after Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. um, where they had him talking with uh, Thor, and it all gets. Obviously, he meets him because, you know, um, Odin and, of course, Loki returns to Earth because they're looking for their father. And that triggers Doctor Strange because that's his whole thing, right? He has to investigate, you know, otherworldly beings being, you know, on Earth or whatever. And it's it's great because you get to see Doctor Strange almost a master at his craft and, and magic. And they, you know, they, they finally have, like, this is the character we're probably going to see in Infinity War and he's teleporting Thor into these different rooms in his library. Uh, and then the whole scene, like the after credit scene where he's like filling his beer, he's like, you know, drinking the beer and then it fills magically. Um, you know, the, the nerdiest thing that I like about that scene, like my favorite thing about that scene is the yeah. nerdiest thing. 
uh, is the fact that he's wearing the yellow gloves. Like, that is so comics accurate. And you're like, how are we seeing this in real life? Finally. Like, it's so crazy. He man. looks yeah. so much like um, Steve Ditko, uh, Doctor Strange, more so yes. than in the, the origin movie. Like, it was that was full fledged Doctor Strange. That was so cool to see. I, I cannot so wait. Cool to see. I cannot wait for him to be in Infinity War. So, um, and then that, that scene where how it plays out, uh, he, he, uh, uh, kind of transmutes or like, you know, pokes yeah. a hole in reality and, and takes Loki, um, out of the picture. And then he reappears later in the scene where he's talking to him and, uh, he's like, I've been falling for 30 minutes. It's like <laughs> that, that simple little, like just a delivery on the joke. It's like, that's oh, perfect. Cause it's like, okay, what's Loki been up to? Like, where is he? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so that was by number four. Uh, number three is obviously the Hulk and Thor interactions. The the whole fight at the beginning where he's like, oh, I, you know, we're friends from work and he recognizes things. And then also, uh, you know, like, you know, them interacting with each other. He's like, I know you. You're a part of the Avengers. And like, you know, you're, but also, you know, he's trying to also talk with them as far as Banner. Like, you know, you're also a p- part of the team as Banner. And, um, that whole kind of thing where he's like reassuring him like, Hey, like I need you to be angry, but also like you're a, you know, definitely a, a a big part of the Avengers as far as your, your intelligence. And, and then that scene obviously where, um, uh, they, they're in the flight jet where he crashed and you know, who's the, who's like, what's the question? Like, um, who's the, who's the best Avenger? Who's the most, um, Oh, who's the strongest Avenger. Yeah. Strongest Avenger. Eric, and, and, you know, it's like it shows you, like, his relationship with Tony Stark because he allowed him, obviously, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're buddies on the side. Um, so it's kind of cool, like, you have that respect for him and that, uh, you know, for his reputation. Um, so that's my number three. Number two. Are they buddies or are they butties? Butties. Think about B- that. The buddies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, number two, there's a specific scene with Valkyrie. I really loved, um, her, Emma Thompson's character and, um, the Valkyrie character, how they tied her to Asgard. That's the perfect thing. Like they're out in, um, Sakaar and like, there's this one character that Thor meets that was a part and, you know, of Asgard is the part of the people. And, um, her portrayal in the film was great, but there's a specific scene where Loki, um, he gives her like a, a glimpse of her memory or a flashback. And there's a scene where she's as a Valkyrie and all the other Valkyries, um, attacking Hela in the past. And that was like, you know, pre when she was exiled and it's, it's a really interesting scene. It's like very, I don't know how they, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, um, almost like, um, stained glass or something. Yeah. It, it, it was almost like in a kind of a daze, like a dreamlike kind of state, but yeah. it, obviously it's a flashback. So it's, but also in that one scene told you so much about how she's been feeling and why she's this way when we first meet yeah. her, and, you know, drinking and being reckless and whatnot and, and escaping to, um, Sakaar and, and it gives you more of a, a background onto like why she's such an important character to help Thor and, and to be a part of, and her obviously history with, um, with Asgard and, oh, it's just a perfect character. It's that one connecting character. That's like, okay, you know, she was from here too as well. So she should share the same mission as Thor to protect everyone there. Um, so it's great. And 
Um, number one, it's going to be the last battle, man, with freaking Thor. Right uh, having his last kind of conversation with his father, you know, it's, it's not all about the hammer, you know, you're not the God of hammers. Um, you're, you know, you're a God amongst Asgard and the people and, and the place itself give you that power over lightning. And it's just great. Like the whole like immigrant song really cool. from Zeppelin, he comes in and he's just, and it's killing it. And it's just, it's what I like about it's just getting me more excited for, I keep saying it, but infinity war, like, cause it's like, you know, Dr. Strange is at this level of his powers and Thor's at this level of his powers. And, you know, very, you know, taking the place of his father, as far as like, he's become the leader of Asgard and, and the true King of Asgard now. And, um, it's like, I'm excited cause these, this is where the characters are going to be going into the next pretty much big film for this franchise. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see that. Um, play out, you know, he's going to have these, you know, he's unlocked all his powers and everything. So yeah, really exciting. So that's my number. Yeah. That's my top five. There's a lot of other scenes like um, that. I, I do like that scene where Hella, she shoots the, you know, it's this whole mural with like the yeah. peaceful past of, of Asgard. And then she shoots the, uh, she's like, this is what it's built upon. And it kind of makes I you felt think like about that is how wonder woman should have been done. Those flashbacks. Yeah. Cause it, Wonder Woman looked like to me like PS one cutscene renderings. You know, like if they had gone like this with like the actual like scripture art, it could yeah. be really cool. Um, it, actually, it kind of it draws a little bit of a similarity with that scene where yeah, with um, Wonder Woman's mom is like explaining their past history and it's like this exactly kind of yeah. illustrated thing and I but, just uh, I I think it looked a lot I don't know cleaner or more yeah I, don't know. I liked it better in, in this but yeah it's Marvel not, uh, bias they're paying us yeah Disney's I, paying us I really liked it man I really liked the film and um I would say watch it again dude I thought it was oh I'm excited really too yeah I actually um cause I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and I really liked it Guardians of the Galaxy 2 but I, I just felt like it was a more enjoyable film as far as Thor Ragnarok because it just it, it was definitely covered in humor and you know a lot of people praise it for its its uh humor and how how much you laugh in the film but it's also there's just a lot of like deeper themes going on in there and it's like it just makes me more excited for the next films and um yeah and then of course thor like i feel like they kind of re not reinvented thor but you know putting thor in this different environment you can see how he thinks and reacts um and now taking on the, you know, as far as the leadership of, of King of Asgard, you know, that's, that's a whole nother change for his character. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's going to be exciting to see. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Good top five, man. I'm glad we got to talk Thor. Yeah. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do that a couple more times before we end here tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's perfect. <laughs> Sean, are you ready for, for me to hit you with my list? Hit me with it, dude. All right. Ooh. So um, this will, will go up Friday, and that will be November 17th, and that will be Martin Scorsese's birthday. Um, and it occurs to me we've never counted down our top five favorite Martin Scorsese films. So... Shawnee, 
in honor of Marty, what are your top five favorite Scorsese films? I can't believe we've done this too because I know you're a huge Martin Scorsese fan. Huge. Uh, we're both huge say. fans of, of Martin Scorsese, but um, yeah, I mean, oh, it's tough. I, I I will always put this in number one. I, I can't. I'm saying this number one. Goodfellas. Right on. Uh, it is my favorite film as far as telling. I think you've said this before. It, it, a lot of Scorsese's films are character studies in a way. You're following this character and, and how they're reacting to their world and, and the people around them. And um, Goodfellas, it's great because, you know, Ray Liotta. And, I mean, there's a great cast in it. And it's the telling of a, how, you know, a gangster growing up, a young kid getting into that world. And, and then it, there's some pretty intense scenes in there too. And I feel like yeah. Scorsese does a really good job of, of creating that tension and uh, favorite scene from that is uh, the scene where um, he's, Oh gosh, where he's, there's so many good scenes actually, but the one I always think <laughs> of is the, the scene where he's in the car and he's trying, he's trying to, he's paranoid because he's uh, you know, he thinks there's helicopters in the air watching him because he's been under radar and, um, he's trying to take care of the shipment and you know, he's, there's this Coke involved and, and it's this whole scene of like this paranoia for a couple minutes and you kind of get paranoid just watching it because you're like, oh, yeah. is, is, is he really tripping out on drugs or is he paranoid that the, the feds or, you know, whoever else is going to be coming out to get him to, to bust him for all the crimes he's done in the film. And, oh man, this is Joe Pesci, like so many good scenes, Robert De Niro, um, I don't know. This I could say so much about this film, and I'm sure we can find a top five again in that within that movie. Within that movie, yeah. Um, but again, one of my favorite films to watch, and uh, it's one of those films where I can watch over and over again. And I always put that number one there because of that. Right. You know, on. It's, it's something I can enjoy time and time again. So that's my number one. Uh, number two, Wolf of Wall Street, dude. Um, nice. A fairly recent one. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio killing it, you know, as, as far as, totally. as giving us, uh, an ex- extremely entertaining and I don't know, it, it, there's just something about, uh, also his interactions with Scorsese and, and how he works with Scorsese. And, um, he's done it a couple times in some other films of his, uh, but as far as, uh, Jordan Belford and that kind of character they've put together, and uh, created, I don't know, again, it's a character story. We're, we're going through this person's life, and uh, Scorsese just does a, a great job of, of, I feel like his pacing is very, very, uh, very good and very even as far as, like, each scene is, is unique in its own way, and it's, it's adding something to the story. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of just so many standout scenes in that, in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean the the roofy scene where they're on the boat and he's like they're about to die, <laughs> and he's like get the roofies. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I will not die sober. <laughs> I will die. I'll not die sober. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> the Lamborghini with getting his foot caught at the country oh, yeah. club, and he's just like crawling on his knees, <laughs> like struggling to get up the stairs or down the stairs. Get off um, the phone. <laughs> So, oh man, yeah, there's so many good scenes in that movie too. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna go Gangs of New York. Nice. Um, Leo, uh, obviously, 
great performance in that. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who played the main villain? Daniel Day. Daniel Day Lewis, man. Uh, a great performance from butcher. him. Bill the Butcher, yes. And and to give us a you know kind of villainous character where the main character Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character sides with him. He he can he can see why he does the things he does in the film and that's a great dynamic cuz he has somewhat of a respect for that character. Yeah. Um as as it goes on and as he becomes a part of that gang. Um so those moments are are great. Um and I don't know, it's a good cast of characters and um, I guess that time period too, I, I like being lost in that kind of yeah. you know, different time and you know, it's a little bit farther back in our past and um, gangs. I mean, and just the way it, like the imagery and how the gangs look and how they're dressed and there's uh, you know, all these little very small subtleties as far as, you know, Scorsese creating these films and uh, putting everything together. So, uh, and of course the and outstanding performance from Leo. So he was that scene though. Um, Hey, you were talking about the two of them interacting. The he spends the night with Cameron Diaz, and he wakes up, and Bill the Butcher is just sitting there by his bed, and he tells him that whole story about fighting his dad. Not you know, not knowing that Priest Valen was Amsterdam's dad or whatever, and just tells him how he like uh, he goes, he beat me that day, and he didn't kill me. Uh, he cut or uh, he 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 didn't kill me. He wanted me to live in shame this was a great man. I'm like that, that line is always, always gets me. And he, and he talks about how he cut his eye out the, the eye that looked away from him. He cut it out and mm-hmm. he goes, I mailed it to him in wrapping paper. And like, you know, it's just, there's so many great little idiosyncratic things that, uh, I, that I think is my all time favorite Daniel Day Lewis performance. Yeah. Oh yeah. That Without is doubt. Bill the butcher. So good. Um, so good. Damn. So number three, that's uh, Gangs in New York. Number four, um, man. Oh, gosh. I'm going to say Casino. Nice. And it's one I haven't seen that many times, um, but J- Joe Pesci, man. You know, Dude. killing as the lead in there. It has so many of the... Maybe because it... It's very uh, in tone as far as close to like Goodfellas. It just has that like, you know, for as far as like you know the uh, the corruption and and you know that kind of life he's living in the in the film. An- another character study where this character goes through so many highs and lows. Um, yeah, and and just Joe Pesci as as far as like giving us a great performance as a lead himself in the film and. Um, yeah, man, I gotta watch that one more time though, because like, it's it's, it's like a pretty yeah, it's it's a pretty intensive movie, um, which one you should be fully like invested in to 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 really get into it. Um, and number five, I would say Hugo. Nice. Yeah, uh, a, a different, obviously a different tone from what Scorsese usually produces, um, but a very great uh, film about, and I I think one of his biggest things as far as preserving film itself as a medium, um, a a film about that, um, you know, it it involves, you know, a young boy and, and, uh, a character that is so troubled and, and 
wants to forget the past. And it's great. A little great story to, um, for him to be able to, um, take these two characters and bring them together in some way or form. Um, totally. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously a little bit less violent than some of the other films, but, (laughs) um, I I loved it. It was really, a really good story. And, um, one that I, I would like to watch on occasion. So yeah, Hugo. Right on, man. Joey, I'm very um, interested to hear your top fives for Scorsese because you're a huge fan of Scorsese. I am. And this, uh, you know, this is one of those ones that could probably be a top 10. Um, uh, true. Number five. Um, my first introduction to Scorsese, The Departed. Oh, um, man. I missed that one. Shit. <laughs> dude. Um, I think this is... This and and Jordan Belfort, I think, are Leo's best performances. Um, Damon's in it, and he's awesome. Uh, Wahlberg's in it, and he's awesome. Jack Nicholson is oh yeah peak Jack Nicholson. Um, Martin Sheen, so many. Alec Baldwin is amazing. Oh in yeah, it. that's right. Vera Farmiga. Um, so many talented people are in this movie, and uh, my brother gave it to me on DVD for my 18th birthday and it had the script in the back of it. So two loves were born, um, <laughs> you know, Scorsese, the moment Leo gets shot in the fucking head. That part, you know, you're yeah. just like, Unexpected you're just like, too. That's what? what, that's what was such a like change for the film. It like it, it definitely in that moment where he gets shot and killed or whatnot, yeah. like it was so unexpected that it just, the whole movie just shifted from there. Yeah. And that was I'll never forget that that moment seeing that for the first time that yeah. was like someone kicking in the door to my brain and just being like it's different now it's yeah. all different oh, yeah. um so that moment in particular i was like i've found my my new favorite um and then having the script to just kind of study okay this is the format and this is how it how it looks um and then uh but yeah, so many good lines in that movie too. <laughs> Number four, Hugo as well. Um, I've told you this story. Have I told this story on the podcast? I don't think so. Um, What's about me story? and Christine. So um, me and Christine were just starting to go out. And this is in February. Hugo came and went in theaters, I think November, December that year. And so we're in Santa Cruz And, you know, you go to Santa Cruz for the day, last thing you want to do is duck into a movie, but they had Hugo in 3D on the marquee, and she's like, come on. And she walked right up and bought two tickets, and um, we we saw the movie. I got to see the movie. I was, and, like, that's a movie that I'm so grateful I got to see in 3D. It's the most amazing, extraordinary 3D. Like, I want a 3D TV and 3D Blu-ray player just just so I can see that one more time. Um but it was in that movie that I realized I'm I'm totally in love with this girl. Um, so Hugo Hugo's up there for me on a personal level. Um, but at, and at the same time, I was learning about Georges Méliès in, in editing class. You know, that was like oh, my senior okay. year. Yeah. So um, it was oh, it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Number three, King of Comedy. Robert De Niro, um, Sandra Bernhard, uh, the late Jerry Lewis. Have you seen this? I don't think so. I have. No. Oh man. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, um, man. De Niro is Travis Bickle level good in this movie. Ooh, um, okay. And it's like, it's a really, really weird movie. Basically, De Niro is this wannabe comedian who hangs outside of the late show every night or the equivalent of this, this universe's late show. And Jerry Lewis is the, you know, David Letterman or whatever. And he comes out and all these people want autographs and Rupert Pumpkin, uh, De Niro's character is one of these people. And he's just a very pathetic human. He, he lives in his mother's basement and he talks to himself and, and role plays, you know, guest interviews and, yeah, you know his mom is constantly screaming at him. You know, keep it down, Rupert. And <laughs> it's just a very depressing existence. He can't talk to women. You know all this stuff. Yeah, and, I like um, that. How it's, it has a parallel to Taxi Driver as far as that that kind of character, but pushing it a little bit further. Yeah, this sense of loneliness, this this sense of the outsider, um, not being able to talk to people, and um, but in a totally different, more narcissistic. Well, they're both pretty narcissistic, but it's just a little more off kilter. And he yeah. winds up uh, kidnapping Jerry Lewis to get on the show and get like five minutes of fame. It's <laughs> amazing. You gotta, you gotta check it out. They don't make them like that anymore. Um, and it looks gorgeous on Blu-ray. Nice. Um, number two, Goodfellas. Um, this is always a tough one. Like, does it go number one, number two? And I love this movie so, 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 so much. It's probably next to The Departed and Hugo. Those are the three I've seen the most. I've just so much rewatch value. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Goodfellas is made up of so many tiny little scenes that last for like 20 seconds sometimes. But it's all this building block to, you know, who this person is and, and that world. You know, it's... Uh, it feels so authentic. You feel like you're watching this documentary or something yeah. just play out before your eyes. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mind blowingly good movie. Like insane. Goodfellas, yeah, man. It's, it's definitely, I, I always like, I love the scene. Uh, there's so many standout scenes, but the one that I always like is the, uh, where they're in jail. And they're yeah. it's like this is how gangsters like live in jail, and they're just cutting up like freaking garlic slices, and they're living in in like, I mean, just the life pretty much in jail. But uh, it's like everything you want, like in a kind of I guess modern day telling of a gangster film, even though it was set a little bit more in the past. Um, it's just such a great film. I love that film, dude. Yeah, really. So Joe, really. So now I'm curious to hear what your number one is. Number one is Taxi Driver. Um, a lot of people say that Raging Bull is Scorsese's masterpiece, but I would argue it's Taxi Driver. Um, it's so raw and unpolished and dripping with just inspiration, and um, it's such a personal, personal movie. And like I, I remember watching it for the first time and just being like, I know what I just watched was good, but I have no idea what the hell I just watched. watched. Like <laughs> I, I need to watch it again immediately and try and yeah. figure it out. It takes a while to I, process all the different things that are happening in the film, right? Yeah. I mean, I put that movie on now 10 years later from having watched it for the first time. And 
and I still am finding stuff that I'd never picked up on before. Um, and, and that's one where I want to devour all the special features, all the interviews, anything I can track down, any little bits of information by the people that worked on it. Cause it all lend, let, you know, shed some light on this, on this process. Cause it, it's another one that feels very authentic and, um, not in the way that like when you're watching Goodfellas, you're like, Oh man, these are really the people, you know, taxi driver feels like you can almost hear the film, the film reel, you know, kind of buzzing around in the background while the camera's on while they're yeah. shooting the scene. And, but it's like, it just, I don't know. It's such a real experience. And, um, and it's clearly not for everybody. Um, I can think of three people I've shown it to in my life that have just outright been like, why did you show me that movie? Um, it's like, I show you Ken Park, relax, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Taxi Driver, number one. And, De Niro's it, best performance, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. And I feel like the most iconic, you know, when you think of Taxi Driver, those scenes, you know, the, the where he has, you know, in the hallway with the bloody blood all yeah. over him and very iconic scenes that really kind of relate you to and make you think about Scorsese and his way of portraying those scenes. Yeah. So. Well, my favorite one, my favorite shot in the whole freaking movie is, uh, y- uh, you know, so Travis had, had taken Betsy on their first date to a porno theater and Paul Schrader's, you know, rationale was he wanted to show Betsy that he was just as disgusting. Can't you see how disgusting I am? That's a terrible Paul Schrader. I used to do a really good Paul Schrader. It's late. Um, but basically, so, he, you know, Betsy's left him and broken up with him and he sent her flowers and all this stuff. And it's a shot of him in this, like, I don't know where he is, but he's in, uh, using a public phone. And he's, like, talking to her for a moment. He's like, oh, you can't go out? No. Flu? No. Okay. Well, how about next Saturday? No. How about how about next Saturday? Would you, did you get the flowers I sent you? You know all this stuff, and yeah. the camera just slowly starts to track away from Travis, and it stops on this empty hallway. But Travis is still talking, so the camera moved completely unmotivated. I feel like you can even hear the wheels of the camera moving as it creaks, and um, it's such a jarring, weird decision you know mm-hmm. and then De Niro hangs up and then he walks out and they ask Scorsese like why why did you do that and he's like it was too painful it's too painful to to hear him get rejected but as you say then you have scenes in the hallway with fingers getting blown off and blood gushing out and he put the camera right up close it's fascinating <laughs> it's fascinating um but yeah and I guess you could say that about all of Scorsese's films. Like, there's just all these interesting scenes that play out, and um, again, we can watch him over and over and, and find these different ways of viewing the character and uh, really understanding and putting yourself in their shoes in some way or form. Um, so th- I feel like he, Scorsese, Scorsese, always gives us those moments and the choices as far as where the way they're panning the shots and as, as far as where they're kind of leading the viewers in their eyes to, to lead to and, and what to associate those images with. Um, yeah. So I'm happy we did that, dude. Cause yeah. I feel like we definitely enjoy a lot, you know, all his films and, and 
as far as I'm sure an influence for you, um, as, as a writer, you know, and, uh, for me, as far as, you know, even the music world, you know, it's like those themes that you write about and the way you approach, you know, it's almost the craft that they create too, as well as a director, you know, appreciating that process as well. So, yeah. Well, and his soundtracks. And his soundtracks. Yes. Soundtracks play a huge part in, I feel, all of his films. Yeah. And music. Yeah. Right on. Oh, man. Right on. Need a cigarette. That was so good. (laughs) Um, So we're going to put a pause on our weekly movie until end of December, where we can really justly say the year is over and this is our favorite for 2017. And then we'll move on to our next weekly topic but yeah uh, it actually gives me time to probably watch most of the films that i missed this year <laughs> same as well same um so it's gonna be interesting I'm, I'm interested to hear your top uh five for 2017 a lot of films came out i gotta say yeah. on, on record i think thor ragnarok takes one of my, my one of my top fives i don't know where exactly nice. but i really enjoyed that film and it was one of the standout films for me this year so I guess right I'll give on. you guys that little <laughs> little tease. <laughs> Ooh, um, I've yeah I've narrowed down my top three already. So ah, we'll see. We'll see. That's where it tough. Goes. Getting the top three. I feel like you always start with the higher the higher number one or number you know. Yeah. Like the the like one two three or films that you find the the most it's or trickle whatever. down top five we're talking about. Yeah, trickle down. Yeah. Yo. Um, Shawnee, uh, is there anything you would like to share with our audience this week? Uh, nothing much really. I, I just, I'm getting really excited to see Justice League, see how that is, if we enjoy it or not. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, just, uh, getting excited to, uh, go home for Thanksgiving and see family and friends and I don't know, just enjoying life. And I don't know, hopefully next time we talk, we, I'll have something very interesting to share. Um, I want you to have everything figured out. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. I'm going to have everything figured out, guys. Um, yeah. No, uh, just really just uh, hopefully having some new music drop soon. Uh, if you guys, I'm going to do a shout out. If we do play East Village, maybe you'll catch us on <laughs> this coming uh, Wednesday night. Uh as the sex effects. So check us out if you are listening and listening to this episode this weekend. <laughs> so yeah. Joe, do you have anything to share this week? Joseph. Joe, do you have anything to share this week? I, I do. Um, also, uh, just real quick. I'm sorry if you were talking to me in the last 20 or so seconds, my computer froze and literally just as it was unfreezing, you're like, Oh, do you have anything to share? So (laughs) I missed, I missed some of what you were saying. No, no. I was just saying, Um, I was excited to uh, see family and friends for Thanksgiving and uh, yeah, just excited to um, as well podcast, I think next week and also play East village um, on Wednesday. So if you guys catch this episode this weekend, come check us out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be really weird. Um, first time playing live with a beard. I don't know. Um, all right, so um, yeah, 
anything on my end. Um, so Friday, as I mentioned, is uh, the day this goes up, November 17th, is Martin Scorsese's birthday. My dog um, is named after Martin Scorsese. We call him Marty. And uh, because he's a street hound and we found him and we don't know when he was born, we have bestowed his birthday as November 17th. So I just want to give a shout out and a happy birthday to my dog, <laughs> Marty. Happy birthday, um, Marty. <laughs> thank you. He appreciates that. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that's, November that's 7th, that does There's it a lot me. going on on November seventeenth. Marty's It'll, birthday, Martin Scorsese's birthday, Justice League is coming out, Battlefront Two is coming out. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! The Punisher is coming out. Oh gosh! <laughs> I think I think what that means is we got some jam packed episodes in the future for you folks. Oh yes, maybe um, talking Punisher. Be, we'll see. Oh yeah. Because I haven't been able to get on board with the other uh, the other Marvel shows, but uh, I did really like Punisher in, in season two of Daredevil. Yes. So. Be sure to check out our Instagram top five pod t o p f i v e number five pod. Same um, for our Gmail account. If you want to email the show, be like, "Hey, I got an idea for a list." You can totally let us know. Or if you want to be like, hey, I've got a microphone, I want to jump on the show, totally, man, why not? Let's do that. <laughs> um, and you can also check us out on uh, Facebook, Top 5 Podcast. Um, Shawnee, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, <laughs> sir? It's late, uh, can, I can't form yeah, words. No, it's all good. Uh, you can find yeah. me on Instagram, at Music, and also my website, at shawndaymusic.net I was about to say at in front of that unfortunately shawndaymusic.net <laughs> uh, and um, Joe where can we find more of your work you can check me out on Instagram at Joey Prodi um, check me out for the limited time where my <laughs> account is public and then uh, you can also check me out at uh, joeyprodiscripts.com <laughs> and that does it for me yas 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 bitch um <laughs> Well, until next time, I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.